welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Ocho Hymanson. Oh, that's right. We're back talking about a brand new entry in the Ocho franchise. Uh, Herbie goes bananas this week. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to the whole Ocho thing in a little bit, but in the meantime, at the start of the show, we always want to, uh, let everybody know how people can reach out to us and give us a shout out. Eliz. Yes, please email us at sequelrights at gmail.com with all of your questions, suggestions, and, um, favorite vacation spots in Mexico, you know, whatever <laughs> you want to say, and then find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sequel rights. And please rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way. Tell us your story of the Panama Canal, and uh, we might talk about it later on a different Herbie episode. Yeah. And uh, it's not just us here practicing social distancing, watching Herbie movies. We brought back a very special guest. You may remember him from, uh, I believe, episode way back in episode 28 from Missing in Action 2. Uh, just for reference, we're on episode 134 now. Oh, um, God. Our resident <laughs> stunt expert, Thomas Vu, is here with us. Hi. Uh, hello. <laughs> Good to be back, guys. Thanks for being here, Thomas. Really over 100 episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. That's amazing. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, we're about to be ready to say congratulations to you because I hear you're working on some crazy stuff right now. Some involving Rubik's Cubes and Guinness Book. Yeah, Bowl. yeah. Um, there's some cooking in the books before the world ended. Um, we'll, see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we'll be able to actually do it when things start back up. But uh, I'm going for a Guinness World Record. Um, solving a Rubik's Cube while I am on fire. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's how did you come up with this idea? That is so crazy. Uh, I've been solving Rubik's cube for about seven years, and uh, I was never like super fast, but I was faster than your average bear. And um, <laughs> a lot of my friends knew that. So about six, seven months ago, uh, end of last summer, the Red Bull posted a video. Of this guy skydiving, and he solves a Rubik's cube before he opens his parachute. <laughs> and so everyone started tagging me on it. Said Thomas, you have to do something. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, here we go. What do I? What? What am I gonna do? So I was like, maybe I can drift a car and solve a Rubik's cube. Nah, that's that's hard to film. How, oh, I know. <laughs> Why don't I do it on fire? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, been doing fire stunts for you know quite a quite a while now, and um, those are two two worlds colliding. And uh, I've been spending the last six or so months training to be faster at it. So that way I have a standing chance against the heat. <laughs> Man, oh well, God, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. And, you know, like you said, uh, you know, luckily we're heading into the end times. So it might be uh, easier to find yourself on fire than uh, previously. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm not on fire, the world's on fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, thank- it's like, oh, should I go to the grocery store today? It's- well, is Thomas on fire? No, he's fine. All right, cool. All right, good. Thomas, fire watch. Yeah. <laughs> Got a burning uh, desire for some toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Thomas, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and you know, this week we're talking Herbie Goes Bananas from 1980. Um, 
And uh, I think we should just dive right into it and see yeah. see what's going on. Yeah. Into it. Disney goes south of the border as Herbie goes bananas. There he is, in the car! The Love Bug takes a trip on the Love Boat. Sorry. By the powers vested in me as the captain of this ship, I deem this vehicle a menace. I herewith committed to the sea. The fate well deserved. But hang on to your taquitas as Herbie bounces back onto a different kind of track. Hang on to your Give away the murder in the preview. <laughs> I know, man. Hang on to your chiquitas. <laughs> that uh, the that trailer just makes it sound like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It's like I also like as I was watching this, I was like, okay, so the love boat was popular, so they just made this movie like take place on some version of the love boat, and then they said that in the trailer. So yeah. <laughs> hey man, that's marketing strategy. You gotta, you gotta. Oh yeah, it. I, I have, I have no issue with shamelessness. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is, I guess, an interesting twist on this car, you know, movie to be like, we're gonna put him in a really small and closed space and see what like funny hijinks he can get up into. Right, speed two cruise control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if a car was on a boat? What if the car was on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And then James Cameron put that on Titanic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Allegedly, I've never seen it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's true. Another true thing. Um. So yeah, Herbie. Uh, well, okay. So we start the movie. We're in Puerto Vallarta. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really filmed there. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They <laughs> tore apart the town probably to film this. <laughs> that is certainly a thing you can say about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Confirmed in the credits. Yes. And Panama as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say a lot. This is a, you know, from the, from the first movie to the second movie, we had a lot of the same people back. And then now from the third movie to the fourth movie, we have like the same director same composer. It's a lot of same people coming back. Okay. But a new cast of characters. I was happy the first time, you know, Herbie started driving and going wild. I was like, the theme song's back, you know? So at least like he went back to the to the source more a little bit this time with that theme song. Yeah. I gotta say that I was set up for disappointment for <laughs> like this movie when the credits start to roll. They're like starring Cloris Leachman. Uh, and Harvey Corman, and I'm like, oh shit! Like this movie's gonna be funny. And <laughs> was it, it wasn't. It wasn't. I know they're or not, not uh... in the way that you were hoping, right? It yeah, was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the cast is not at their best in this movie. <laughs> no. Otherwise, though, no. those two leads are uh, amazing people. Yes. Well, it's funny because uh, the villain in the in the nineteen sixty nine Love Bug, uh, I forget the actor now. Um, Tomlinson. Yes, David Tomlinson. Yeah, David Tomlinson uh, reminded me so much of Harvey Corman in Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah, like he's basically like doing that thing. And so when I saw him in this, I was like, oh, that's amazing! Like they're going to go back to that type of villain, that type of thing. 
And instead, the villain's like the main sheriff from the killer clowns from outer space. (laughs) He's like, uh, yeah, he's the captain of the love boat or whatever. He's the captain of the love boat. And he maybe has multiple villains, really. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's a little confusing. <laughs> but yeah, so in the beginning, these two white guys arrive in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> these two total bros, ostensibly the what nephew of Dean Jones from the previous films. I guess. I guess. <laughs> okay, so yeah, the point is that they're trying to pick up Herbie, and then Dean Jones, like he left Herbie in Mexico because the car from the previous movie died. Is that what we're supposed to believe? It didn't make the turn, man. Just didn't make the turn. <laughs> So it ended up at a, some junkyard, and yeah, he just sold Herbie, I guess, to, or or left it in the care of some random dude, and left it to his random nephew. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't was, make any sense. It was confusing. Like I thought, I kept thinking that like the Giselle was going to show back up somewhere because the mechanic was like, yeah, uh, you know, the car didn't make the turn, and then you know, D, uh, Douglas just said it is here. So I thought like. Herbie wanted to stay there because Giselle was also there, but then she never shows up in the movie or anything. I guess. So, I don't it's know. like Man. she, like part of her is now part of the Panama Canal. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, so they immediately get pickpocketed by this little boy. And I was like, there's no way this little boy is in the whole movie. I was no. like, he's going to pickpocket them and it's going to be so funny. And then that, that'll be it for this little kid. This but little boy is the main character. The main character. <laughs> yeah. Little did you know. What's funny is we're how different times we live in. In 2020, I was watching this and I was like, "Why does this kid have his hands on these guys' butts?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, reverse uh, pedophilia. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, he's stealing their wallets." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> idiot it's like oh the 80s were just a friendlier time yeah well it's like they they wait like multiple scenes before they reveal that their wallets have been stolen so you're just like they do yeah you're waiting that whole time like what happened there why was he so excited they 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 go through so they 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 talk after the scene that we first meet him they the two white bros get to talk through some republican talking points first oh god they're like oh it's so good he didn't have his hand out like that's a rare thing these days he's like it's an endangered species, species. Like, oh, yeah God. we should probably hunt them get a license go to africa <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> yeah terrible it was it was bad lots of uh you know cliche horrible south of the border type stuff going on in here the most racist movie of a series that has been kind of racist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah thanks but, walt disney <laughs> i mean <laughs> I feel like a lot of people living in the seaside town here did like, you know, get paid for being walk-ons and extras and yes, like, no, yeah, for sure. and, and using their businesses and their sets. So, and I mean, it wasn't really portraying most of them like badly. They were just kind of there, but yeah, it's, um, he's like a, an orphaned street urchin that's just pickpocketing people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's not, you know, at least he's not like dumb or evil in any way. Yeah, he's just trying to survive. Yeah, yeah. he's Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Herbie's the carpet. <laughs> oh my! <God>. <laughs> <laughs> true, uh, true. Uh, so, so e- no, 
yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say the B plot is these dudes that are going to like um pilfer an Incan gold like artifact and sell it for cash and they also get their wallet stolen and there's like a slide in the wallet that they really didn't need at all but apparently it's very important to the mission yeah i guess they couldn't let it get out but it's it's unclear if one of them is more excited for the incan artifacts or the gold because it's like (laughs) oh you know what that means an undiscovered civilization oh incan artifacts and the other guy's like no gold and he's like ah yes gold yeah and the one guy's name is mr pringle just like that yeah. <laughs> i think it was prindle actually but i was like oh mr pringle from the pringles can is all about once, that gold. once he pops that gold he just can't stop <laughs> that's right he's obsessed <laughs> um yeah but their dynamic was weird uh, i thought like the one dude was in charge uh and he had just like hired these guys uh, to kind of like get their information about the ink and gold or whatever. But then they were together the whole movie. Like they're a crew. Yeah. Well, they switch who's dominant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Elis and I are on the same page here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So they get the car, they lose the car, they end up on a boat. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. The little boy becomes friends with the car because he ends up, Hi- he realizes that Herbie's sentient and he like goes and hides in the uh, storage compartment, which in a bug is in the front, not in the trunk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. The trunk is all front. But um, unlike where they hid the uh, diamond in the last movie. <laughs> yeah. Where he currently hides where the gas tank was supposed to be. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and luckily, this Herbie does not have very sharp teeth to uh, chomp him <laughs> like Nightmare Herbie. <laughs> like Nightmare Herbie, yeah. I did like in this one that we very quickly um, dispose of like, oh, I don't know why this car, you know, he's alive. I don't get it. What's happening? You're driving. No, you're driving. You know, they just are like, oh, wow, the car's driving itself. Cool. And then they move on. You know, like this car is eating a sandwich. This car is getting in hijinks. Yeah. I mean, like there's uh, I feel like the previous movies had a whole lot of back and forth with you know what's happening here and we already know because this is the fourth movie so just dispose of that already this car is sketching nudes of rose while she <laughs> while it's steerage yeah it's you like know, for not having seen titanic you know quite a few of the plot points yeah that's right <laughs> yeah they barely even make um yeah much deal at all like none of the characters almost make a big deal about the car being alive throughout the entire movie no which I thought was a little bit weird. <laughs> but They also don't make a big deal about making a 12-year-old an F1 racer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And kidnapping him from his country. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, Elis, uh, I know it's a little bit early here, but I was curious about how excited you were. Like, the, the, the entire... The entire time we've been talking about, oh, yeah, this is like a family movie series. And, oh, but, you know, we've been mentioning that there's been no kids in all the movies. And now, finally, there's a kid who you can do a child star check-in on. Hit us with it. There sure is. Um, So Paco is played by Joaquin Garay III, um, Mm. who is the son of... I don't know why the he's second. the third, but yeah, uh, Joaquin Senior. <laughs> um, I don't know. 
it's just like a Dad? straight up power move. Yeah, it's I just like the second will come. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's, I, it's not unclear you. to me if it's his dad or his grandpa. But Joaquin Garay Sr. was the voice of Panchito Pistolas and the Three Caballeros. Um, Whoa! Oh, shit. So he has had the, the whole family has had a relationship with Disney. And so I'm assuming that's how this kid got the role. Um, and he's Southern California native. He's not actually from Mexico, um, Mexican American. And yeah, so his dad is a pretty famous Disney voice. And so then they picked him for this movie. And now, um, his daughter. Yes. His daughter, I forget her name. Her name is, um, Carmina, Carmina Garay. She is in, um, the Diary of a Future President on Disney Plus. She's one of the friends. And she was also Ooh. on Pen15 and um, a bunch of other like shows. So uh, she is having a lot of success. And he's still around acting. He did a bunch of movies and shorts around LA. And he's a teacher now. Nice. That's awesome. So yeah. Another interesting kind of child star check-in related fact about this movie is that it's produced by Kevin Co- Cochran, who's better known as an actor in Disney movies. When he was a little boy, he was in Old Yeller, so Swanley Robinson and, and, and uh, Mickey Mouse Club. He's Moochie. Um, so he grew up and uh, still continued to work for Disney producing films. Nice. Climbing up the ranks. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought, I mean, yeah, they probably gave him eye drops a couple times, but I thought that Paco was uh, pretty cute and uh, pretty entertaining. You know, I didn't. I liked seeing Herbie interact with the little kid. Um, so I, I will know. say that we have had a lot of sequels where, hey, add a kid is the usually second or third. Uh, I, I appreciate that this took it to the fourth, and we've had to deal with a lot of fairly irritating children. And I think that he's pretty good on this on the sequel right scale of, hey, let's add a kid to the movie. Yeah, uh, I think that he's near the top, actually. Uh, pretty believable, pretty charismatic and pretty fun. It might be because the rest of the cast is just so irritating. <laughs> Also, I think we've seen enough. Uh, we've seen now three movies of like grown men yelling at Herbie like he's a baby or something, like a toddler who can't control himself or a dog. And like, I mean, I think the the kid and Herbie like relationship dynamic makes sense. Yeah, it makes way, makes way more sense. I mean, we go from the love bug where Herbie is going to commit suicide and jump off the bridge to this movie where he's forced to walk the plank off a cruise. The humans finally get their revenge. <laughs> Walked him off the plank. Tipped him <laughs> off the plank. Yeah. Yeah, he's like... It's the law of the sea. <laughs> I, actually, I actually really love that moment because they play this like... Uh, they played this like really yeah. sad like taps version of, of the theme the, song. The it theme. was so great. I wrote that down too. <laughs> yeah. I was so excited about that. Um, I'm only abiding by the laws of the sea. <laughs> yeah, uh, I couldn't remember this guy's name, so I just called him in my notes Captain Gangrape because before he even gets involved with Herbie, all he is talking about is about like pirates and seamen raping women on boats. There's like, there's a point in this movie. Conversation. There's a point in this movie where I, as a super sophisticated 
um, scholar of film that that I pride myself to be, that I took a photo of uh, Harvey Corman saying, Seaman, do your duty. <laughs> how could you, Eliz, though, how, how could you not remember his name after this moment in the movie? It's on the wings. And Captain Blythe? Oh, yeah. I do remember Aunt Louise. Captain Blythe? In my mind, his name was already Captain Gangrape, so... (laughs) Uh, Captain Captain Blythe is actually a pretty famous literary reference to Mutiny on the Bounty. Okay. uh, Which is uh, not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, Thomas, at this point in the movie, pre... um, Walking the plank murder. Have you seen any stunts that uh, that you found interesting? Um, in the very early on uh, in the town, Herbie does like a wheelie. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and you if you watch it over again, it the film the film footage itself looks kind of funky, like it was sped up or or choppy or something. So it leads me to believe that something went awry to where they couldn't <laughs> do an actual wheelie. Uh, or maybe, I don't know, they actually did it. And then that's the way they salvaged the footage. But the wheelie <laughs> itself was very, very vertical. And when you see cars do wheelies, like like on a monster truck, you'll see them do a wheelie. But they have uh, these these casters in the back of them so they don't like backflip over to the to their the head or like fall onto their head side and so you know with this car there you don't really have that or you don't see it and so they hide it really well and um you know it 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 caught me off guard a little bit when i was watching so i was like huh i wonder how they did that or i wonder what they did to do that because this was filmed back in 1979 (laughs) And right. the technology they had back then isn't quite what we have today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think they were doing the wheelie even back in the first movie. It's like his signature like uh, move is the wheelie kind Take of. Off, yeah. yeah. But uh, as far as car stunts go, that that was one there. Um, there was a, a lot of like basic stunt car slide sequences, like when the policemen were flying in and. Um, a lot of a lot of basic stunt stuff. Um, I was really hoping to see some more like uh, car flips, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we hadn't we hadn't seen that yet so far in the movie. Does it happen later in the movie? I don't. I can't remember. I don't know if he. Flips. I don't think there's any. Fl- no, like no. This movie ends when it gets to the part that I was excited to see, which was the you wanted racing. I wanted racing. Yeah, yes. yeah. Me too. The whole time I was like, all right, he's, are we going to be on this boat the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a classic Jason, Jason takes Manhattan situation. It is again. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I noticed when Herbie was driving around in the bowels of the boat with uh, Paco and the Italian uh wiper man whatever he was uh, um, <laughs> ever 
since the second movie, I feel like whenever a crew of like goons <laughs> runs after Herbie, they're like required to run in like a straight line in unison, like as they're going after him. And it just looks ridiculous. Yeah. Like Even the sound design, it was like foot soldiers marching. Yeah. And then at one point, he also um, plows through a bunch of crates that are containing possibly priceless artifacts. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, womp womp. Yeah. Right. So like, these guys <laughs> are trying to get gold. There is a character that ostensibly cares about Mexican culture, but she's white. Um <laughs> She's so ugly with those glasses on. Ew. Oh, God, yeah. yeah, she's hideous. Yeah, we, no. we, we get a she's all that moment here. Um, I would never date her with those glasses on. No way. With those glasses, yeah. Whoa, uh, but take the glasses off. on her in my book. Yeah. Glasses <laughs> on for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so stupid. He literally takes them off like, you could be so beautiful. You could be so pretty on the dance floor. She's like, no, I need these to see. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <sighs> Melissa. So yeah, that's um, what's her name? Melissa. Yeah, and uh, Aunt Louise, who is Cloris Leachman. Uh, they're basically just like on a cruise so she can go study uh Latin American culture, but her aunt just really wants to get laid. Right. <laughs> yeah. With Captain Blaine. Classic Leachman. Yes. She really was. That's her prime um, directive. Yeah. So. You know what Really funny is that when they had like the masquerade ball or like the costume yeah. party, like who goes on a cruise ship and brings a full on costume, <laughs> like a Halloween costume? I guess if they tell you in advance. No, it's pre COVID. You just go into the the costume closet and you just <laughs> yeah. get something that somebody else wore on the past voyage. Probably. <laughs> These be. weren't just like basic masks. These were like no, no. full on. Cosplay yeah. costume. Yeah. You guys, this was like a Bo whole Pete. eyes wide shut orgy. If you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> yeah, this she was had a like a full Bo Peep costume from Toy Story. Yeah, sure, she really did. And Captain Blythe wouldn't shut up about his Lord Nelson replica costume. Yeah. He, was, he was so obsessed with all the Spanish Armada stuff, you know. <laughs> But um, by this time, Paco and Herbie have really bonded nicely. I think they're both kind of like orphaned and they. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, I was gonna say this is th- this moment where they really get to bond here. We we uh, I think for the first time have a moment where Herbie is actually talking. Yes, and I have it. Ha- have a clip right here, just so the audience, in case you okay. haven't watched it, can hear. What's your name? Okay. <laughs> That's about it. He says some other stuff before that. Yeah, this is the first time Herbie's tried to um, audibly communicate with people, which <laughs> yeah. was interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's when Paco decides to call him Ocho for the rest of the uh, movie. Ocho! In fact, I, I kind of think, like, do th- does anyone even once say Herbie in this movie? Uh, I saw this in the IMDb trivia, you know, that you always take with a grain of salt, but the, the uh, Mexican... Um, car shop owner that sell that gives them Herbie does refer to him as Herbie when he's talking about uh, it, okay. but they don't seem to really uh like it just goes like, that. over their heads. Yeah. yeah. And these two guys never really have any relationship with Herbie, even though they are his owners. But they yeah, they potentially have a relationship of their own. 
There's a there's this mo- there's this moment during that scene yes. we're talking about with the costume party where uh I think the other guy's name is DJ, is that right? DJ and Pete. He's trying to like give the DJ upsell. And Tanner. Yeah, he's trying to like upsell Pete to uh Aunt Louise or whatever. And he's like he's like, you know what? Pete Pete is so great, man. He he's what I would call a beautiful person. And then for some reason, instead of just ending it there, the scene continues in this shot of him like awkwardly looking at Pete and then looking like he's about to like clarify that statement he just said <laughs> and then just kind of going uh, uh, never mind <laughs> and I was like why was that in the movie uh, I mean <laughs> it's just an odd moment an odd moment it's fine if he thinks he's it a just beautiful like, person but it why just they... felt like a moment of truth and they wanted <laughs> yeah. to keep it in there's just so many characters in this movie I don't know why you needed two kind of nondescript white guys like yeah. I guess one's more of a like they were like, they were like, hey, let's put the weekend at Bernie's dudes in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really like DJ, who was the shorter, blonder one. I thought the, he sucked. Yeah, I thought that Pete was a little <laughs> bit better, uh, maybe just because he was better looking. But I thought he was like kind of charming. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that actor, Stephen W. Burns, actually like passed away at a really young age from AIDS. Um, oh so no! Who knows what other movies he could have been in if uh, that had not happened? But... Weekend at Bernie's too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry. <laughs> uh, the other guy, DJ, was in uh, American Graffiti and uh, Dolphin oh, Tale. Yeah. Oh no, he directed Dolphin Tale. Oh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we do a Dolphin Tale sequel, uh, maybe we can have him on the podcast. Yeah. That's oh, right. sorry, I said you weren't as good looking as the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. But I mean, come on, you know what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, now. All right. So they throw not- Herbie off the boat to an untimely, watery death. And apparently that car is still in the ocean. They never pulled it out. Yeah, I saw that on Wikipedia and I was like, is that true? There was no source. (laughs) There was no source for that note on Wikipedia. Uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe it's on one of those like Walt Disney Treasures uh, (laughs) DVDs. No, it would have been been so expensive to retrieve. Like if they shot them dumping it over, like they dumped a car in the ocean. Yeah. Back then it was like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Someday James Cameron will find it. Was like, huh? oh, I'm sure they had to have retrieved it, right? Like, make the car float and then just go get it. Yeah. But I guess apparently it's still in it, the ocean. It was right yeah. there. <laughs> Nowadays, you would you would have had to have inflatable packs to retrieve it. But back in the 1980s, off the coast of Mexico, that's Walt Disney, baby. <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, he's long gone by now. Um, I, I did love this uh, Herbie gets murdered moment. Uh, yeah, he doesn't actually die, but Execute. it really. Execute. I kept thinking something was going to happen, and yeah. then he was going to escape, but he for sure doesn't. And but the I, boy's like crying, and the I know. Cabin, he's like, Ugh, I like so the sad. I like the Herbie's fact he's like spinning his wheels. Yeah, <laughs> it does he's like it make does ra- sound like help me, help me. Yeah, he's like it does raise the question of how Herbie escaped Nazi Germany. So <laughs> how long has he been he's, alive? He's used to he's used to uh, uh, execution. <laughs> he was only born in 1963 or whatever. So. Um, yeah, I don't believe it. You <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I just he love has ties in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Uh, like we said before, the whole movie, like no one is ever like, "Holy shit, this car's alive!" But they thought that the car was like something was fucking up with this car enough that they had to throw it off the boat. 
Yeah, no, there's one guy who calls the captain and he's like, it's my sandwich. Yeah, yeah, that, it's my chicken. Yeah, that guy was terrible. I have that sound by two of him being like, What's the oh, chicken? Play it. Who taking my chicken? <laughs> who taking my chicken? Like, why did they well, make him talk point- like that? Aunt Louise has invested in these two guys and she's actually like the financial owner of the car at this point. And Captain Blythe is like on his way to the execution and she (laughs) tries to stop him on the ladder. And instead of saying like, that's my property, you can't just throw throw it off. She's like, no, I'll bone you. Uh, yeah, she's, instead of saying, like, this is illegal, you can't do this, it's my property, she instead tries to, like, reveal some sexy collarbone action and says, like, I appeal to you as a woman and, like, pulls her shirt to the side in a not sexy way at all, uh, and he does not go for it. Yeah, it was pretty poor seductive moves. I just felt bad for her the whole movie because he never goes for it. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. And she's just there making like a fool of herself the entire movie. Yeah, not, not I a think good that, uh, like, if they really wanted to get her money, DJ should have just hooked up with her. Forget the niece. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Go straight to the source. She just didn't like DJ wearing his uh, mechanic outfit at the costume I guess or whatever. So. I guess <laughs> costume so, yeah. ball. That, that was a good Cloris Leishman thing where, like, they thought they were doing this whole hustle, and Cloris Leishman's like, yeah. Like, no, I actually wanted to sponsor you. I knew you guys were running a hustle. Like, I hope that my daughter might actually like you. But, yeah. I, you know, like, and the guy's like, you saw through this? And she's like, I'm old. Like, what are you like? You guys are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they all get kicked off the boat in Panama for the mm-hmm. Herbie incident. Panama. And um, the the kid just escapes from the authorities and so now he's just running wild in a foreign country um and for most of the short round is what (laughs) herbie miraculously shows up at the uh the locks is that what you call them no the panama canal yeah yeah so uh he's there and he somehow survived the ocean which was floating up on the shore of this embankment yeah, he makes it all the way there, but then is like about to die when he like sees the shore. He's like, <laughs> I gotta say, this helicopter footage of the Panama Panama Canal made me underwhelmed. Like, I guess I had never actually seen footage of it, uh, and it looked kind of bullshit. Like, I was like, oh, one of the greatest engineering feats of all time, and it's like, eh. <laughs> Back in the eighties, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it probably looks totally badass. You have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it looks dumb. <laughs> Just wait until Michael Bay films there, and it'll look yeah. dope as fuck. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Herbie goes through the Panama Canal and then almost dies, and then uh, gets attacked by stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, some random men help Paco pull Herbie out of the water, and. One of which uh, is definitely a white guy. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the meanest one was the white guy, which I was like, yeah. all right, whatever. Um, yeah, like, at least they, they did that. They think that Herbie's like dead and Paco like makes an entire like grave site for him. He lines the whole thing with rocks. He makes a little cross out of sticks. And then he says like, vaya con Dios and like cries and like walks away from him. And, and then like, Patrick Swayze goes and like paddles out to the ocean. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyways, Herbie uh, starts coming back to life, and then those men immediately try to steal him from Paco. Mm-mm. Which didn't make any sense to me, because they, they were all making fun of Herbie, saying it's a piece of junk. Yeah, but one of them's like, yeah, but a piece of junk could be worth money. <laughs> or something like that. I think he literally think says... A- the- yeah, go ahead. Jokes are also worth money or something. He's calling Herbie a joke, but jokes are still valuable. This'll be this'll be great for my stand up routine. Yeah. <laughs> it's comedy gold, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Paco escapes and then he immediately defaces Herbie's famous <laughs> logo with <laughs> red paint to write taxi. Right. Yeah. I like how this kid's immediately like, yeah, I'm going to be a taxi driver in Panama now. That's my <laughs> He's got a car, and yeah. that's where he is. I mean, he, he seems at home there. Um, yeah. <laughs> this was uh, this is the moment I, I I wanted to see what you guys thought of. Uh, we we get a we get a musical first for the Herbie series. Oh, where yes! Frank yes! Duvall has written two songs for this movie, and one of uh-huh. them I had. The first song I was like, I don't even remember where that song was in the movie. It's I had to go dance. back. Yeah, I had to go back and look at it. Uh, but this one at, at this moment is very featured. The, uh, the it's called "I Found a New Friend" by Frank Duvall, and it has uh, uh, one of my favorite little moments in the song. Here, it's like a bunch of kids singing. It's really cute, and uh, this is the line I love the most. And I bet you a banana, banana, you have a new Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> oh, you skipped the part where they go F R E N D friend. <laughs> well, I can't play the whole thing. We'll probably have it at the end of the episode. I, I like how this song uses Spanish sparsely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but they're able to work in the word banana, which I was like at this point in the movie, I'm like, all right, we're halfway through the movie. There's fucking no nobody's gotten bananas. I don't see any bananas. Not that I was expecting there to be literal bananas. I mean, but literal. then by, by yeah. the by the end of the movie, this movie should be called Herbie Gets Bananas. Yeah. Yes, um, yes I do bet you a banana that you get a new friend. That song was brilliant. Um, it was cute. Herbie rides like the Pied Piper through the village, and all the children come out and follow Herbie and Paco uh, through the valley in a beautiful, like I don't know, parade. Yeah, it had that had a really like you know uh, classic uh, Disney sound to it, like you know child, children's chorus and everything. It was it was cute. I liked it. Yeah, I think by the fourth movie, they're like, you know what? Let's make this super kid friendly. Fuck it. <laughs> falls out. We're gonna have a song. We're gonna have kids dancing. We're gonna have them. Yeah. We're gonna have them just riding around Panama like it ain't no thing. Like yeah, like a best child, friends. a child in and the driver's a, seat. And this is a parent trap movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, we didn't mention when Paco was on the boat, they put him in a cage and give him a mattress on the ground. And I was like, <laughs> that's right, kids in cages. Well, Cap- Captain Blythe later in the movie says, "You people, uh, he does. Uh, uh, comprende when you want to, which yeah. is just uh, a." <laughs> Oh, it's a line. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Not great. So, I, I don't know. What happens then? They find him again somehow. Oh, the, the evil guy tells him to find the slide. The, yeah, sorry, what? The three evil guys magically find the kid every single time. Yeah. There's a moment um, 
where they kidnap, they're kidnapping the kid out of a bar and the bartender is just like, mm, whatever happens He's all the time here. Bought. <laughs> yeah. It's happening in a public place and the, no one's trying to stop these dudes carrying this kid out the door. <laughs> well, yeah, no, like the kid punches them and then she's like, we're from social services. And he's like, no, they're not. And they're like, we'll handle it. And the guy's like, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, that's not even the one. Justin's talking about when they take him away from the the bar, and the bartender's like, "Oh, right, happens yeah, okay. all the time." Yeah, like, yeah. No, they cut twice. to the bartender, yeah. and he just looks over like, Meh. <laughs> "Another kid out the door, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> Paid to look the other way. <laughs> so everybody ends up back with Herbie. Uh, oh no, there's a bus that they just like. Oh yeah, there's they they come up and uh, a white lady is like, "Hey, I have three hundred dollars," and the bus driver's like, "Everybody out, <laughs> get on the next bus." A white lady's buying the bus. Yeah, uh, the 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 thing that I have in my notes right after the uh, the banana manana song is uh, banana I, manana. I have. Can we change the podcast name to banana manana? Banana manana. Uh, good for SEO. Yeah, totally. I have, uh, let's say, Shanghai a million times. Oh, yes. They were Shanghai? You were Shanghai? They got Shanghai? I'm being Shanghai! <laughs> Captain Someone Blythe explain screams. that to me. I was really uh, confused at that moment. Yeah, I don't even know what it means either. I know it's bad, but... It like has... I, I, so it's something from Westerns that I know. It means when you've basically been liquored up and then sent off somewhere that you weren't intending to go. So it's like, basically like I got drunk and I woke up in slavery. That's fun. That's fun. History. to Yeah. How exciting. (laughs) And then she buys a bus for like 350 bucks. And it takes them not even a quarter of the way they need to go. $50 in in Mm $1980. Not enough. Not enough for this man to abandon his whole life. Uh, but so they buy this 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 bus. In the meantime, there's this weird B story of Cloris Leachman and Harvey Corman being drawn into a bullfight mm-hmm. oh, while yeah. they're driving the bus. It's like these things are happening concurrently, but time must work differently in Panama. Like I'm not quite sure how this works, but there is definitely some stunt work in this bullfighting sequence. Bullfighting. Yeah. I I, remember in the stadium and uh, they're doing like Toro, Toro and all this crap. Yeah. Yeah, I I think this is like the centerpiece moment of the movie. Oh, did you think he said bow fighting? Yeah. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) when were the bows? When were the bows? (laughs) No, on the cruise ship, they were doing Taibo. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Terrible. 7 a.m. class. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is the part of the movie where I fell asleep. <gasps> <laughs> we never fall asleep watching movies. Honesty is appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> that also might be the reason why I'm confused. Like, I don't remember bows or bulls because <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really a lot of stunts. It was like a car turned over in a bullfighting ring with some stock footage, and then a lot of it was just the hood popping up and down with yeah. the the red flag on it. In fact, there's a yeah, moment but... there's a moment where like the bullfighting cape or whatever it's called is like over the windshield, 
of Herbie so that you can like clearly not see whatever driver is in the front seat driving the car. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing too, is like a lot of these scenes I was watching um, and that I was awake for. Uh, <laughs> it's either done by stunts or done by the effects team. So, yeah. um, you know, when, when it's not like a specific driving sequence, the effects department will take over and they'll essentially puppeteer, you know, uh, half of a car or, just a portion of the car that they can maneuver in a way for camera. And then, so when it's like in this scene, the, the windshield's covered by a cape or by bananas or what have you, it uh, most likely, you know, is puppeteered by effects or something to that effect. And then when it comes to like a, a wider scene where a car is actually driving, then they'll probably have a specialized vehicle that, was doctored up so that the driver can see mm-hmm. like a lot of the driving sequences where you don't see a driver in the driver's seat. He's probably in the front trunk or, or laying down behind the driver's seat or yeah. something in a way that he can still see um, and still drive safely. Which nice. is one of the things uh, from, there was a featurette on this season of Westworld for all the features of cars. Like there's a little hidey hole of where they're driving them. Uh, if yeah. you want a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, technology nowadays, you can even, they have, um, they'll, they'll set up an entire driving, um, like, cockpit on top of a car. So you'll have mm-hmm. the car itself, and then sitting on top of the car, there's a unit that, you know, there's another driver sitting on top that has their own steering wheel, their own set of pedals, so they can control the car completely. And then the, the actors are able to perform their lines uh, within the vehicle and not worry about driving. And that way you'll still get like dynamic driving action with your actors, but then with the precision of stunt drivers. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like uh, there, there was some, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure it's really difficult to drive kind of in those like tight circles it was doing and, you know, trying to give Herbie like the, life and motions of a matador in that moment. I'm sure that's not like an easy thing to do, but it was not uh, immediately visually Compelling. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, not, it's not going to be like fast and the furious level. Right. Uh... Right. I'm just saying like, I know it, I'm sure it, that's hard to it do. Is, yeah. Like that sequence is the thumbnail on Disney plus. Yeah, exactly. It's like the main, that's why I'm saying it's like the main centerpiece yeah. of the movie. I think uh, they even mention it in the trailer, you know, and they, they show it. It's one of the main scenes in the trailer. So, uh, I'm just saying I wasn't impressed. <laughs> yeah, and they broke the plot of the movie where both things were happening at the same time. And she's like, here's two characters that were like B characters, and now they're A characters because they're trapped inside this car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if the audience at the bullfighting ring, you know, arena, like thought that a kid was driving the car the whole time or what, but they're totally impressed by the whole thing. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Herbie wins the bullfight, apparently, and they're all super excited about they it. They clap for like 10 minutes and then <laughs> yeah. surround them all and then keep clapping. And yeah. then like, <laughs> which yeah. I, guys, I don't know if you know, but a bullfight usually ends when the matador kills the bull. Yeah, not in a Disney movie, it doesn't. The bull just is tired and goes home. And Captain Blythe has a mental breakdown while while yeah. receiving adulation from the crowd. Yeah, Sounds like I need to go back and watch this scene. <laughs> so they all end up back. No, you all don't. five adults end up back with Herbie. 
And um, moments later, like this is literally a ten minute sequence of the movie. This was the yeah, this- the the bad guys have kidnapped Paco, and so all the adult characters are back with Herbie, and, and they don't really question where he's going. They just accept that Herbie's driving them somewhere, possibly to save the little boy. Right. In the yeah, at some point, somebody says he's not Lassie, and then they all just buy onto the idea that he's Lassie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when he's yeah. like, it's a car woman, not Lassie. <laughs> I'm like, I have that, I have that. Um, I was like, th- this moment when they all get back together, like, is the, you know, I, I can believe, I can believe a talking car. I can believe a car that drives on and out on its own. <laughs> But can I believe that all six of those people were fit in that one car? No. <laughs> Too many people in that car. I was like, they got all six of those people in there. Like, it <laughs> looks so uncomfortable. Uh, I didn't buy it. Didn't buy it. It was like, well, in the 1969 <laughs> Love Bug, it's like they had three people in the race car, which, you know, races are not about weight and people in the car at all. <laughs> yeah. But, like, let's up that ante. Let's put six people in this bug. I also uh, I, I also need to reflect on the most disappointing moment in the movie for me personally. There's a moment, um, <laughs> and it, you know it's all my fault. There's nothing in the movie, uh, in the you know the context of the movie, the text of the film that would make me think that this was going to happen. I was just was hoping against hope that this was about to happen in this moment. There's a part where Paco gets taken by Mr. Pringle, whatever his fucking name is, and they they kidnap him and they're in the they're in a they're in a plane. And we're getting a little bit of a Fast and Furious, like Herbie's chasing the plane and he's going to catch up. And they're like, oh, my God, what is he going to do? Is he going to bite the plane or whatever? Um, And in this in this moment, I had the hope that as the plane took off, Herbie would also fly after it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was so sad when he just was like, ah, never mind. I'll turn around (laughs) and go find someone else. This car swam across the Atlantic ocean. I know. Like that would have been the moment that would have, if if, if he had flown in that moment, I think I would have, I would have given this movie a better score. (laughs) (laughs) What? That would have redeemed it for you. Oh yeah. Uh, if it went into that sort of insanity, uh, yes, I would. <laughs> However, what if what if, the, what if Herbie had Vin Diesel's voice and was like, "That's my family," <laughs> <laughs> and then leaped and I launched am into the air. <laughs> yes, okay, that I would. Am I Herbie. Take that. <laughs> I, would, I would take that too. I would take that. <laughs> well, when the movie was called Herbie Goes Bananas, did anybody guess that Herbie would literally be completely covered in bananas at some point? No. No, so I thought I thought that the stunt driving would be the most insane yet, and it was the tamest by far. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I thought like he was gonna go some. crazy, but he didn't really. No, yeah. like all the other movies had at least like some crazy second unit stuff that was cut in. Like this movie did not. have. I would say a, he went more bananas in the last film trying to get laid than he does in this movie dealing with yes, a kid. Yes, that's true. Thomas, were you going to say something about the bananas? Yeah, you know how with every movie the the title of the movie comes into play in the movie somewhere, right? Like, mm-hmm. sure. Oh, that's why it's called that. So <laughs> Watch Justin and I in any screening <laughs> when we can go back to movie theaters ever. When yeah. they say the name of the movie, we just lean over and yeah. look at each other. <laughs> <laughs> And with this one, it wasn't like it. It wasn't like somebody's lines that said it. It was 
the reveal was them driving down the road and he's following these like banana trucks. It makes no sense. And then the banana trucks like pull away and then you just see Herbie completely covered in bananas. He's like, they're ostensibly doing it to try to like disguise the fact that, or like hide him in some way, but like, yeah, because they're, they're <laughs> looking for him in a plane. So from above, it just looks like a third banana truck or something. <laughs> I guess it looks like, it just looks like a beetle covered in bananas to me. I don't know. It's an odd shape, <laughs> but I do like that the bananas keep going <laughs> that there's an entire extended banana fight sequence later yeah. on because because rarely in live action media do you see do you have mario kart s- mario kart tactics yeah actually <laughs> slipping on bananas it's like I what's mean, the one thing people know about bananas oh they're slippery sure <laughs> thomas have you ever had to do any slippery banana work uh slippery work <laughs> yes bananas no okay <laughs> waiting on waiting for that one but you, what I find funny about that banana fight scene was that these guys are also trying to carry this impossibly heavy <laughs> medallion. Yeah. And it's like supposedly so heavy that it requires three people to carry it. But then all of a sudden one dude's carrying it on his back <laughs> while slipping. And then the other two are like tripping over him and they're still managed to bring it over to the plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I did uh, I did kind of uh, you know I was a little bit tired of the movie by this point, but I did kind of enjoy the whole final sequence um, with Herbie chasing the plane and the plane getting like increasingly uh, more broken apart and smaller and smaller and smaller. And smaller as the yeah, to me, I thought this was I thought this sequence was a lot more impressive than the bull riding one. Oh like yeah, when Herbie kept biting the yeah, plane for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the plane was its own character. Yeah. In a way. The way they made it fall apart in like multiple different ways. Which would scene. make Herbie a murderer if this plane was also. If, according to Disney logic, this plane is also alive. That's true. <laughs> Planes, fire, and rescue. Planes be, from yeah. the car from the world of cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I also find it funny that like the pilot continued to try and take off despite yeah. the plane being damaged. Like, you fool. If you took off right now, you are definitely going to die. We still have like, the wings. I don't, care, I don't care what this cargo is. We're not going anywhere right now. I'm At sorry. Point, the plane's already taken apart, and the evil guy's like, take off already. And the pilot's like, no, no, look at the fuel pressure. I can't do it. Like, well, <laughs> At that point, what do you have to lose? Like, <laughs> don't have any wings left. Yeah. Um, I thought that was so funny. I did like that Herbie's rustiness left like a bunch of bite marks on the plane, too. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't have his teeth this time to chop the plane wing. (laughs) I have a note here that I don't know at what point this happened during the movie, but I think it was a Harvey Corman line of, you're talking about ba-ba, this is toot-toot. I don't remember that. And I have... I have no idea what that's in reference to. I think that was when he was on the phone with the authorities and he was saying like, I need uh, he was saying something about sheep or something. And yeah. Yeah. There's he's like, no, where... he was saying, I need to get back to my ship. And he was like, sheep. No, not sheep. <laughs> uh, ship. That's I think that's what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You got it. You got it. When he was on the phone, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, that whole horrible thing. Um, I also forgot to mention that apparently Herbie knows the location of all like sorts of, Inca, uh, Inca landmarks. He just shows up there. 
That's I'm telling you, he has ties in Brazil. And he, yeah. his way up. he just he knows where to go at that one moment. Yeah. Argentina, not Brazil. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were on their way to Brazil in the movie, I think. Boys from Brazil? I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the movie, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, they fight in the... Uh, well, they put they put the little boy in a little race car outfit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they say, you're going to race in Brazil. Well, it's because yeah, at this point... a better relationship with the car than I do, so... Yeah. yeah. Put him in <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty much worthless at this point in this movie, <laughs> so I'm just going to step aside. I mean, clearly everyone knows the car drives itself anyway, so it doesn't matter who's in the driver's seat. That's right. Even though he could still get in a horrible wreck, I assume. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I think at this point in the movie and immediately after Paco gives him the name Ocho, like we all know why it's Ocho, right? Because five <laughs> plus three equals eight. Duh. But yet the big ha 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 at the end of the movie is DJ being like, hey, kid, why do you call him Ocho? Can't you see it's 53? And the kid's like, five plus three is eight. Duh. And everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. So and they like fade into the credits. I'm like, that's your final joke? It's like the, when, the, when this movie cut to credits, I was angry. <laughs> well, it's like the the minute that he first calls him Ocho, the first thought in your mind is like, "Why is he calling him Ocho?" And, the, and then you like look at it for two seconds, and you're like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I get it." Yeah. yeah. So no one. I hope there hey, wasn't anyone waiting the entire Spanish movie. Speaking friends. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I guess nobody mm. spoke Spanish enough back then to know. Yeah, you're probably right. Ocho must mean beetle. ESPN ate the Ocho featuring yeah. Herbie car racing and <laughs> bull No, fighting. that's just ESPN vanilla right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We also got an extended scene of uh, Cloris Leachman with the jukebox trying to seduce this captain one last time and just dancing like a complete maniac. Yeah. And you could actually see the extras at the bar are like making fun of her <laughs> in the scene. That was a sad moment. I mean, she's just doing that. that. Was a sad well, moment. she's doing it, and she thinks that going Captain Blythe is talking to her, and he's just looking at another fucking boat. <laughs> and that's like the end of the movie. He loves boats instead of. Well, women. that's the thing is, like, I knew that he was. That was the joke that he. Yeah. That's right. Fire. Yeah. So the whole time I'm like, all right, what is he looking at? <laughs> what is he so? Is it the jukebox? What is he? <laughs> Anyone would love to have her rolling underneath him or something gross like that. Sick. Yeah. There's no reason for her to want this guy. Like, he's disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) He owns a boat, I guess. It doesn't seem like he's very commanding either as, like, a captain or anything. Like, I don't know. He's he's wearing that wicker whatever as a hat. He's like a complete psychopath. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, he seemed a bit bipolar, too. Like, at times he was super nice, and then other times he was, like, overly crazy yeah <laughs> i agree i think that's a great rating system of how many bipolar captains would you give herbie goes bananas captain blythe blythe it's halloween sorry <laughs> go for it <laughs> i was gonna say i you're probably gonna think i'm bananas but uh i'm gonna give this one um actually a six because <gasps> I know you guys maybe didn't like it as much as the last two, but I liked it more than the last two because I just thought that the character of Paco and like 
Herbie's personality were a lot better um, in this one than the last one. Um, we talked a little bitch. Yeah, we talked about how like Herbie was just kind of like a little stinker for no reason in the yeah. last two movies, and in this movie he's actually helping someone again, and he has a nice relationship right. with someone. And I thought the kid was cute. I thought the song was freaking hilarious. That was by far my favorite scene in the movie, <laughs> the Pied Piper situation. Um, and yeah, I just I don't know. I I get I I know why it's bad, but I still would rather probably watch this compared to Monte Carlo and um Rides Again. Mm, interesting. Um well I think uh the character Melissa has some words for anyone who may be interested in checking out this movie. Um she has some advice for you. I'm sure you'd find a cold six pack much more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a given. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I um, have that note down too. God bless you. <laughs> that being said, Melissa, I think I'm going to give this the same as the last movie, a, a four, um, because again, it was like uh, not quite fully reaching what I think is the you know potential for for a Herbie film. But also, yeah, like Ela said, there's some nice moments, like the 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 relationship between um, Paco and. Ocho are really good in this movie. Um, he's super cute. And I feel like, you know, there is some genuine like love and friendship between them. And that was kind of a fun, you know, dynamic that, that we haven't seen throughout the movies. There, there's no one really like talking down to Herbie in, in this movie much at all. I don't feel, um, at least not in any emotionally damaging type of way. They do throw him off a, you know, <laughs> off a boat. That's just one yeah. crazy guy. Yeah, yeah, but, that, but, yeah but that guy's not execute him. Yeah, 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 it's not a good character that's being mean to him for no reason. Exactly, it's not his, uh, you know, his best friend being mean. Exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, it, we, you know, again, we could do without some of the um, uncomfortable moments of the time that are uh, throughout this series. But it seems like that's something that we've you know, had to deal with in every movie. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is a good family film. It's decent. It's mostly harmless. I, I don't know. Uh, I give it four, four, four bipolar captains out of 10. I think I too, am going to give it four bipolar captains. I think that it's fairly innocuous. Um, and they thought that they could rely on the star power of Cloris Leachman and Harvey Corman. And, they obviously highlighted, carved out a whole 15 minute sequence of the movie uh, to highlight them and to make that chemistry or to give these two comedic actors that I love, that I think are funny in pretty much everything and bored me to tears and put Thomas to sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I think, I think that that just, and that was like, the one job you guys gave me was to watch the movie <laughs> so we can talk about it. That's all, that's all you have to do. No, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is that that's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying that you were right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, when I was watching the credits, I got very excited and that raised my expectations of this movie. Cause these are two people that I, I was excited to see this movie. I was like, I could totally see how they work in this. And it's, pretty lame um and yeah that's so four bipolar captains thomas what about you uh i'm gonna go give it a nice score um 
I mean, other than everything you guys have talked about, I think <laughs> uh, story-wise watching it is is obviously not going to be your cup of tea, but I'm going to give this a seven. Oh! oh, Seven bipolar captains because uh, any movies from this era was in a different different time of filmmaking where things were uh, much more challenging to pull off and they were able to do some pretty magical stuff with the car puppeteering Mm -hmm. special effects stunts and they were all practical and so if you have an appreciation for you know how to make a film or the tricks of the trade uh then this movie is is right up there because you watch a sequence and you're like man they pulled it off practically and it's a a beautiful thing to to try and analyze can you do most of the things that herbie did in this movie uh as a driver yeah yes um at least i i think i can (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty pretty sure i can they they didn't really um push the boundaries of stunt driving uh in this particular film Mm -hmm. um there are definitely a lot of stunt driving things I can't do, but uh, for this one, they, they kind of, like we mentioned earlier, they it wasn't as action-heavy for the car as some of the other yeah. films. Yeah, like, the, I think that's the other thing, too, is that, like, the 1969 one, like, the stunt driving is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it is. And the puppetry and, like, the stuff that they're doing is... Uh, and a plane. Oh, yes. <laughs> driving a plane around. That's true. That's true. The, the plane does add added complexity for this one. Uh, but it, it just seemed lesser than from the previous entries that were definitely older. Like the 69 one is I, I I'm shocked people didn't die. Maybe they did. <laughs> yeah. Still the most impressive, even though we've gone into the future. So, yeah. well, I mean, I think they clearly didn't invest as much money into yep. the later ones. And mm-hmm. also as um, our guest, Alex said last week the company Disney was having a hard time uh, in this era as well uh, creatively. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, Thomas, what's like your favorite stunt driving gig that you've done? Um, there was one. Well, pretty much every stunt driving gig I do is is a lot of fun simply because. You show up, you sit in the car, and you just <laughs> drive all day. And it's so much fun to to slide cars around. Um, not one that I particularly got paid for, but one that I did uh, was the Bottle Cap Challenge. And uh, for those of you who may not know, the Bottle Cap Challenge is where you try and kick the bottle cap mm-hmm. off the top of a bottle by uh-huh. spinning, it, spinning it open by kicking it. And so it, it took the internet by craze and everybody was doing their like roundhouse kicks or their spinning hook kicks to try and kick the bottle off. And people got creative with it, like jumping, blindfolded, backflips. And so I took my drift car out and I opened it with my car. <laughs> That's awesome. Very and cool. We need to link to that because I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you guys the link so you can watch it. Do it. So um, where can people follow you to keep up with the Rubik's Cube record and whatever else you've got going on? Yeah, I'm, currently I'm doing a lot of uh, my social media on my Instagram, which is at Play, 
s e e dot v u dot p l a y. S'il vous plaît. Well, I think that's going to bring us to the end of our episode uh, about how Herbie goes bananas in 1980. Uh, and uh, we'll be coming at you next week with another Herbie episode. We're not quite to Lindsay Lohan yet. We got one more stop before we get there. And I believe it's, they made six of these. Yeah, it's crazy. And this time we're going all the way to 1997 for uh, the actually a TV movie called The Love Bug. And I don't want to spoil it here, um, but you're going to want to tune in next week, I think, because there are some crazy people involved in this movie, and I just don't want to give it away. I, you can look it up, obviously. But. Ronald Reagan? <laughs> no way. He voices the love bug? The love bug? <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah, stay tuned for that. And also, while you're at it, you can email us at sequelrights@gmail.com or reach out to us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SequelRights. And dig into the archive. There's a lot of stuff that's streaming now. There's a lot of movies that we've gone through. Uh, a lot of people have been watching the Home Alone movies, uh, which I've seen <laughs> that we, we did a whole series on. Uh, and if you're going through and you leave a review of something that you've been binging or something that you've listened to, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the archive's there. Even if you don't listen to us, go through our episodes to see what you should binge next. There's a comprehensive list at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. Well, Thomas, thanks for being here, man. Uh, it's been awesome yeah. to have your uh, perspective on this episode. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. Sweet. Uh, well, we'll see everyone next week for the Love Bug 1997. A friend. It takes one to be one. Take some time till the lights start shining on a friendship. A friend. If you need one, stick out your hand, they soon understand it's a friendship. A buenos dias, come on, try, a pat on the back, a wink of the eye, that's what friends are for, and remember this charm, they'll stick with you today and tomorrow. Amigo, it's nice if you got one. But it's nice to have your back Thank you.